Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome today. We're going to take it in with Philippians 1.6 using my step-by-step Bible study method, and you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. Philippians 1.6 in the NLT says this, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. A little book overview on Philippians. The author is Paul. The date of the writing is AD 61 to 62. The audience is the church at Philippi, which was established during Paul's second missionary journey. And Paul wrote this letter from prison while Timothy visited. And it is a message of joy in the midst of suffering. It was carried by one of the Philippian church leaders and was delivered to the believers to be read publicly to all. And chapter one has 30 verses. It's about Paul's love and concern for the Philippians, and we are hanging out in the section where Paul is greeting the Philippian Christians and praying for them, and then Paul gives thanks for the Philippian Christians. So one more time, Philippians 1.6 in the NLT, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Step one in the Bible study method is to choose our word. And today, our word is certain. A definition of certain is to be sure, positive, not doubting, determined or resolved, not doubted or denied, established as a fact, actually existing, sure to happen, inevitable, unfailing, infallible. A few opposites of the word certain are things like doubtful, skeptical, sketchy, suspicious, torn, unclear, dubious, Dubious means arousing doubt, questionable, or open to suspicion. I knew that, but and you probably know that, but I had to look it up because I'm like, dubious, that's not a word I use very often. Vacillating, wavering, unconvinced, those are a few other options for the opposites. And so right away, I kind of like to plug in a few of the opposites. Sometimes I do this just to sort of feel what the verse is really saying By feeling like and hearing how sort of ridiculous it is when we plug in what the verse is not saying. So Paul is saying that he is certain that God, who began a good work within these Christian Philippians, Philippian Christians, will continue it until Christ Jesus returns, right? So he's saying, I'm certain that God is still at work in you and in this, right? But what if Paul said, I am skeptical that God is still at work? 
I am suspicious that God is not at work. I'm torn about whether or not God is at work. I'm wavering on whether or not God is at work, right? Like we feel that uncertainty. Of course, you know, I like the word steady. We feel that unsteadiness, is that the word? Or shakiness in those not strong descriptions. And we want to always be certain and remain certain and have other people reminding us too, like in their certainty, that this thing, whatever this thing is, isn't finished, right? Because I love the song that says, if the story, oh, it's, um, is it The Father's House by Corey Asbury? I'll look it up. Uh, that says, if the story isn't over, if the story isn't good, right? And he sings that confidently. I think it's The Father's House. The story isn't over if the story isn't good. And so Paul is saying, listen, God is still at work. He is still working to complete something, and I am certain of it. I'm not wavering. My God that I know and your God that you know, he is in the business of continuing to complete things. Step two in the method is to investigate. We divide that up into four parts. Part one is to compare the word in other translations. The Passion Translation says fully convinced. The King James, confident. The Amplified, convinced and sure. The EXB, sure, confident, and persuaded. The message, I love this from the message, it says, never the slightest doubt. And the WYC said, trusting this. When I'm in a struggle, when I'm in the middle of something and I don't know how it's going to end, even I think about my own healing process and some of it that I just had to sort of stay in the uncomfortable place of allowing God to reveal truths. And part of my healing journey that was, was, and is, because it's not over for sure. But part of my healing journey that was the most uncomfortable for me was to really allow God to slowly reveal where I was aligning myself with the enemy's lie. And it was so wonderful to have a certainty that God wasn't going to leave me in that place of uncomfortable, in that place of half healed. Now, full healing for me and for all of us will come when Jesus calls us home. I do understand that. And yet I can see in my own life, and I certainly see in the lives of other people close to me, that God is slowly sometimes working out something to take us to a different place than where we are now. And even though it was an uncomfortable place for me to be and still sometimes is as he reveals new things to me, I do have this trust in from the WIC. I do have this confidence in. I am sure about, like the message says, I never have the slightest doubt that God is not at work or that he is going to leave me like unfinished or on my own. And that's a beautiful thing to know for sure. Part two is to research the original word, and it is a verb in the second perfect tense in active voice, which kind of means that it's an action which is viewed as been having been completed in the past once and for all, not needing to be repeated. So like it is like one and done. And it's Paul that has this certainty. Like I am so certain. I don't need to reconsider if I'm certain. Like I am certain. I'm done with deciding if I'm certain it is done. But it's also like um, it has a mood that like something in English ends in ing. Like I am certain that God is completing a work and I am certain ing. (laughs) Like I continue to be certain. Like it's one and done 
and it continues. So I don't have to be reconvinced. I was certain. I am certain. I will continue to be certain that God is completing a work. So like God has proven himself faithful in this in my life, and I've made this decision, and I just continue moving forward in this decision. There's no debate about this. I know who God is. I know what God has done in my life. And because I know him like that, I don't even have to know your particular circumstances to know what God is doing in your life. God is completing a thing. God is doing a work, and I am certain of it. The Strong's number is G3982, pytho. It is a primary verb, which means to convince or to pacify or to agree to the evidence or authority, to rely by inward certainty, to agree, believe, obey trust and yield. I kind of like the word yield because it's almost like I know this is true and I'm agreeing with the truth because sometimes we can know something is true. We can be certain about it, but we can also resist it or reject it. And I like that word obey because, yeah, because Paul is saying, I understand that God is faithful and I'm communicating to you that God is faithful and I'm submitting to that understanding that God is faithful. I believe it. And When we obey something, not only do we believe it, but we make our decisions from that belief. The Vines Dictionary says that the word means being confident or having growing confidence. The TDNT says to convince, to persuade, to seduce by persuasion, or to corrupt. And I think about how, like the how and the why that Paul is so sure. It's because God has revealed himself faithful in other circumstances. Paul can say, I was just saying this, right? Paul can say, I know this. I know him. I know what he's doing. He is staying in this, whatever this is for you. And he is working even if and when you don't see him. And so my friend who's listening right now, and you are in a storm, you are in a struggle, you are in a process of healing. Maybe you hear the invitation to go into deeper healing and you don't even want to look at what that's going to take. I know, I know that. I know where you are. Let me be as sure for you as Paul was for these Christian Philippians. I am certain that God is at work in your life. I am certain that God is at work in your situation. He will not leave you. He will not walk away from you. It will not get too hard for you because you can continue to cling to him and he will continue to provide you what you need. I am certain of that the way that Paul was certain of it because I know how he's done it in me. I've seen how he's done it in other people and I know he will do it for you. I just, just with the way that Paul covered the people that were reading his letters with that truth and with that certainty. I just want to lift that up on your behalf today as well. Part three in the investigate step is to read a little bit of commentary. Here are a couple of things that I found that I really liked. From the Enduring Word, it says, when Paul thought of the beginning of God's work among the Philippians and from the first day, it was natural that he also thought of the day when that work would be complete. Paul expressed his confidence in God's ability to complete that work. The story ends in victory. Whatever story it is, it always does. That is a promise. It doesn't mean that victory looks like we thought it would or that winning looks like we thought it would. It doesn't mean those things, but we are promised. We already know the ending, right? Victory is his and we are his. Therefore, victory is ours. 
Charles Spurgeon says this, God is a worker who completes his work. Where is there an instance of God's beginning any work and leaving it incomplete? Show me for once a world abandoned and thrown aside, half-formed. Show me a universe cast off from the great potter's wheel with the design in outline, the clay half-hardened, and the form unshapely from incompleteness. It just doesn't happen, right? God doesn't say, well, I've gotten tired of you now, so I'm done. Or like, you're wearing me out, so I'm not going to try anymore. It's, It's not in his nature. He loves us and he keeps working with us in us, for us. The Bible Knowledge Commentary said, great confidence gripped the apostle as he thought and prayed for the Philippians. The perfect tense of the Greek word translated being confident indicates that Paul had come to a settled conviction earlier and that he was still confident it was true. I will not be moved. I love that about Paul. He's, I will, I know this, I've experienced it for myself and I will not be moved. So grab on to my not movingness and claim it for your own, right? I know I'm right about this and I want to share that confidence with you so that you don't get discouraged in whatever it is that you're doing. The Faith Life Study Bible said, the one who began refers to God, right? When he's talking about one who began a good work in you. Paul is certain that the Philippians will progress in faith because God is committed to transforming them. And finally, Max Anders says, when God starts a work in our lives, beginning with our salvation, he will finish it. As believers, we are to grow in the Christian life, becoming more like Christ each day. This is called sanctification. Spiritual growth should continue in committed believers until the day of Christ Jesus. And that is until Christ Jesus returns again to the earth as the angels predicted. And it has a reference there in Acts 1.11. It's also the song in Christ alone. I like that song. And there's a line in that song that says something about until he comes again or calls me home. And there's a piece in that lyric that I think about in terms of completion, because again, we know that the story ends in victory and we can be certain that he is at work until he comes again or calls us home. Part four of the investigate step is to rewrite the verse in our own words. I'm going to read it again from the NLT. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And I rewrote the verse like this. Paul is unwavering in his assertion that God is faithful. He started something in us when we accepted Jesus as Savior. And even in the seasons of slow sanctification, he is doing work in us, work that will keep on keeping on until Jesus returns or calls me home. Again, that that idea from that lyric in Christ alone. Step three in the method is to find the characteristics of God. Here are a couple of things that I wrote down. I put that he is faithful, that God keeps his promises, that he is using the very things that we are tempted to believe point to his absence to prove his devotion to us. I've had a couple of seasons and I bet you have too, because I think this is a very natural part of our sanctification and of our spiritual growth, where we ask, where are you, God? Where were you? Where are you in this place that I found myself? I know I did that after our car crash in 2010, when basically my whole life fell apart. I didn't know what the future held for me, for us. I was very grateful to be alive. I was very grateful we were all alive, but our life looked very different 
and looked like it probably would always look very different than what I had known before. And I did ask, where are you, God, in this? About 18 months later, when I had a complication from a medical procedure related to the crash, and I developed a brain bleed, and that was an excruciatingly painful time and a long recovery again, I remember even maybe more during that season asking, where are you, God? When we miscarried a baby, I remember asking, where are you, God? How is this the place that I'm finding myself? And some of the rejection that I've experienced inside and outside the church, I've asked the question, where are you, God? Why do your people behave this way? Sometimes those are long seasons, right? I didn't understand. I didn't know. And there are some things about those seasons that I still don't understand. But here's what I do understand. And here's what I am certain about his provision and his protection in a worldly based trial, right? That somehow brought eternally based growth and deeper relationship with him. So I believe about my God that he doesn't cause things to happen. A lot of the things that we are dealing with is the fact that we live in a fallen world. I don't mean to be trite, but we live in a fallen world. We are mortal. We die. There are consequences to sin, ripple effects from sin, and sometimes those seasons that those ripple effects, those seasons that we're in, when those things like touch each other, if I'm saying that well enough, right? And we're just in a bad place. That is that is a worldly based problem. But here's what I know. Eternal growth, eternal benefits, eternal fruit comes from comes from those very seasons that we would not wish were a part of our lives and we can celebrate that i celebrate that in myself there were times during some of those things that i just described that i would not have wished that on anyone because it was really really hard and yet now in a way i hope everybody can do it I hope everybody can experience that season. I wish that kind of head-on car crash for all of us. Not really, but really, because I know something about God that affects my every moment now that I didn't know before I went through that, that painful and difficult season. Okay, so step four in the method is to identify the lie. And here's the lie. I was kind of just saying it. Where is he? Where is God? He's given up on you or he's moved on to something easier or better or more worthy. Think back to that Charles Spurgeon thing. He's like, he's cast off that half done clay pot because he's like, I'm just tired of working on her. Right. Um, And so there's that like, has he cast me off? Because is this done? He's tired of me. He's over it. Or the opposite lie, I think, is true where it's like you have arrived. There's nothing more to complete or grow in you. You're good. Right. And both of those things are really opposites of the same coin. And they can both be very dangerous when we when we think he's abandoned us. We isolate ourselves from his provision and protection. Or when we think we don't need him, we isolate ourselves from his correction and guidance. And both can be very dangerous. So step five in the method is called, so what? Here are a couple of things that I wrote down. I wrote down that sanctification and refining is ongoing. And when I think I'm refined enough and I'm a clay pot that's in good shape, right? He is there. Or when I think he's left me, that he's cast me off and he's not going to work on me anymore. He is there. And I can remember that, that he is always, always there. Everything I'm going to through 
is an opportunity for me to grow closer to him. One of the saddest verses in scripture for me is Jeremiah 6, 29. And in the NIV, it says this, the bellows blow fiercely to burn away the lead with fire, but the refining goes on in vain. The wicked are not purged out. And so my final takeaway, uh, after saying all those things about the, the so what, my final takeaway in this is really like a prayer that I say, let the fire refine me, Lord, right? Let the whatever I'm going through refine me and let me remember that you are with me in this trial. I'd love to hear your takeaway. You can email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't yet, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second. It helps the show a great deal and it guarantees you will receive every episode as soon as they drop. I encourage you to tune in on Wednesday for an episode with my guest, Julia Fixie. Julia is going to be with us to talk about her addiction to food and how she learned to run to Jesus with her cravings and her need to be satisfied. And her testimony will be a powerful live it out on this verse, Philippians 1, 6. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace. Peace.